Welcome to the Disco Posse Podcast. Thanks for listening. If you're looking for the GC on demand, then you found the freshly rebranded Disco Posse Podcast. Go to discopossepodcast.com for details. to the Disco Posse podcast. My name is Eric Wright. I'm going to be your host today. Don't forget to keep following along. You can go to discopossepodcast.com, get show notes, links, and more. You can subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. And with that, let's get started. All right. Well, here we are. It is uh, episode number three. Uh, my name is Eric Wright. I am uh, at Disco Posse on Twitter. I'm Disco Posse here in the, uh, in the Green Circle community. Proud to be uh, hosting the GC On Demand, and uh, I've got a very special, you know, friend uh, from the community, and uh, we also get the bonus that we are both Canadian today. Uh, very proud to bring on Dwayne uh, Lesnar. Dwayne, if you want to introduce yourself to the folks here, and uh, then we're going to get started talking about some cool community stuff and and startup lifestyle. I'm, I'm kind of keen to hear your thoughts on, on how it's gone. But uh, So tell us all about yourself and where we can find you online. Wow, number three. That's, uh, that's uh, very important. I'm very lucky, I guess. And uh, my mom says I'm special too, so <laughs> what do you know? <laughs> yeah, so um, IT, blood plush, I don't know, IT blood pressure, I guess, is where I'm blocking. Uh, don't have any plans on moving, despite, you know, like coming up. I'm like, oh, maybe I should change the design or do something, but that would take way too much work. Uh, been at mechanics for, for three years prior to that uh, at oil and gas company known as Husky. Um, and that's kind of, you know, the, the high level, but coming coming to Nutanix was was uh, probably one of the better things I've done but at the time I probably questioned it but um, I think that probably goes with the most things yeah so that's that's the perfect place to, to start you know you've you know you've got a very unique situation in that you were uh, you know the I think believe the first Canadian employee for Nutanix right? Yeah, when I, well, I think when I got hired, they probably didn't even know what to do with me, and so that kind of that led my foray into actually doing a bit of APAC support. Um, but I think you know, I, I think the motto at Nutanix, and it still is today, is that um, focusing on on getting right people. And for whatever reason, they thought I was a good person and and hired me. So um, yeah, I don't think it was probably like eight months or maybe even closer to a year before. Canada really kind of developed and the you know sales director came on board and we had uh, more than, <laughs> than just me you know, in Canada. Yeah, it's it's very interesting, especially, you know, I'm in a somewhat similar situation. You know, I'm a, a Canadian. We were, we have a small Canadian presence and, and you know, VM Turbo, of course, has their offices, uh, you know, mainly out of Boston or development centers in, in New York. So, uh, it's it's a short flight away. Uh, you're a little closer time zone wise to to your side of the the camp that out of California, of course. But so let's talk about 
leading up to it. You know, you mentioned IT blood pressure, and that's where I'd known you before. You know, we really got introduced even through work. It was one of those funny things where, you know, when you meet somebody through the community or through, you know, a vendor interaction, and then you're like, oh, this is, well, your name sounds familiar. I'm like, oh, right on. I've I've read your blog. Yeah, how did how did IT blood pressure get started? Well, the the name itself comes from being working in healthcare, and so I kind of thought it was somewhat applicable. And you know, like usually, computers, generally speaking, should be a lot easier than they are. And you know, the life of printers and and other devices that seem to to plague us seemed appropriate, but um, I think it, it kind of started right when we got into VDI, um, where I worked, and then I, there was just a lot of things to share. And I think it's probably as selfish as as it was as community too. Um, so that, you know, you, I think you get a lot out of blogging. Um, like like you were able to find me. That's how I found um, Jason Langoni on his blog when <laughs> when he blogged. Yeah. And so that's kind of that, that was my. That was my round path to to get to Nutanix, but you know, I guess it was an was an evolution. And the, you know, uh, you were doing that on the so you started on the customer side, like you were, you know, that was that was your, your yeah, yeah. I know, I know that story very very well, right? It's just kind of get your thoughts out and and did you have what was the plan? Did you did you really see a long term plan, or was it more just like let's let's bang out these thoughts onto, you know, virtual paper and, and it'll help, you know, maybe share the story and, and maybe get a little bit more notice on, on some of the stuff that I'm doing. Yeah. I, well, part of it's like, if you can, if you can blog about it or write about it, then you're also kind of reinforcing it in your own noggin. So that, that's a benefit, but I'm also probably a people pleaser for a large part. So that's probably why I also was doing this Saskatoon mug for a while. Um, and so I don't know. It's good to be helpful. Um, you got to meet a lot of different people uh, through it as well. So I don't, I don't know if it was like ever one one thing that uh, that got me to do it. Um, I just kind of uh, guess I'm a nerd and found it interesting. Yeah, we. That's the beauty part is, you know, people often ask, you know, what would you do? What's what's your golden parachute, or you know, what 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 colors your parachute, whatever it is. Um, and you know, what would you do if you were given the choice? And quite often, you know, a lot of the folks that we know that are in our industry, they say, well, I would just do what I do, but then I wouldn't worry about the mortgage payment anymore, kind of idea. So it's it's neat to see that you know, there's. It's altruistic in that it shares, but it's also just, it's fun. It's a great learning experience. Now you've got, you know, background with the VMUG, which is cool. I, I know that one well as, and, and, you know, folks that may have been around at the time, uh, you know, may have met you through that. How, how much of that sort of forward community, you know, did you find carried as you, you know, went around and, and started to meet people through work? You know, did you find that, that helped as you talked about people and said, oh yeah, I, I also used to run the VMUG and it kind of gives you a bit of a closeness with them. Yeah, I think people, you know, well, especially now, now being kind of on the other side of the fence on the vendor side, it, you know, it, it does give you some weight as far as someone that is actually willing to help, not just looking to, to turn a, a quick buck. And then also you do get, you know, I don't know how it's going today on that side, but at least the, the VMUGs are 
are centered around users that are in the trenches having probably the, a lot of the same challenges and problems. So it's easy to relate um, and kind of have that camaraderie, I guess. And there's really no, <laughs> there's really no right or wrong way to do mostly anything in our field, um, you know, depending on the use case. So it's just it's interesting to to share, and I think most people kind of have the same the same interests and want to hear how you did it, and so hopefully they don't screw up, <laughs> and, and, you know, and learn from mistakes. Yeah, it's nice when you can have somebody that's that's gone through the pain before and and maybe save you a few of those steps. Now you've you know been you know so three years now you know at a startup which is now a significantly sized startup you know Nutanix is what's do you know ballpark what the employee count is right now? Uh, well, I think because of the the F one filing, I think it says around uh, around a thousand. Right. Okay. Yeah. That's right. Of course. I, I should know. I read that thing thoroughly. It was uh, pretty cool. Uh, so oh my out of, God, you must have been bored out of your truth. <laughs> it's it's interesting to watch the. It's it's my view forward into the industry, right? So you know, as a thousand people now, do you remember how many people were there when you started? I'm pretty sure. At least I tell people that I was an employee like 113. But then I actually saw in. We use Workday that I saw my number wasn't 113, so I don't know if people came left or if I just somehow made that number up three years ago by myself. But <laughs> yeah, so there's only, you know, there was only around that number, <laughs> um, squiggly line estimation. But um, so I, it, uh, it was interesting when I first got hired because I, I honestly thought this is going to so awesome. You know, there's lots of freedom. You're kind of your own boss, and you like if you need to execute something, you can go off and do it. But then I quickly realized that Dwayne needs a little bit of kind of ground rules. Yeah. Like I need some structure. Yeah. Um, but uh, it uh, it 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 was good, and it still is good. But definitely, as the company grows, there's more more structure within uh, the con. You know, on what you can do or can't do, which is which is good and bad. Yeah, and that's neat. I mean, and having come out of you know large industries, in at least you've you've dabbled with the probably the the monolithic side of traditional management, right? So moving to a, a much more agile IT org, where yeah, maybe you're given a little too much freedom, but you find that you create your own, you try and create your own you know way of focusing that and and creating a little bit of regulatory boundaries around some of the stuff you do to to give yourself some guidance. How does yeah, it's the, like, oh sorry, go ahead. I'm just gonna say working for a startup is like you truly are an entrepreneur, but with like not as much much risk per That's se. Right. Obviously, like when you I left, I worked at Husky, you know, great company. Like when I was joining, I was saying like, man, do I do I go? This is like I don't want to use the term easy street, but because that's what a lot of my friends would say about me working at Husky. <laughs> so, like, it, you know, it was deemed safe, you know. Um, but there was just so many advantages moving, you know, trying to work at a startup, um, especially what I knew about Nutanix at the time. And, like, if you look on a map where I live, I'm never going to have this chance again. So um, <laughs> it, would, uh, it was well, well worth it. 
Yeah, that's that's a funny thing. You know, with the virtual world that we work in, there's there's less boundaries now, right? Like you've you live in a in a location where you, there's no major city center. You're not going to have a handful of financial services companies nearby. Like it's it's not as easy to to pick from. So it's it's good that we were able to find you know a spot that you could land and and give and and your value to the community. You know, and like I said, is it's huge. You know, I've, I've continued to learn from the stuff that you share out and, and, and kind of watching your journey is, is neat. It's inspiring for me as a, as a fellow Canadian and, and startup, uh, startup staffer, it's, it's neat to watch and say, all right, you know, this is not untouched territory. It can be done, right? <laughs> yeah. It, uh, I don't uh, know if anyone's put inspiring or myself in the same sentence, but I think it's even with yourself, it's interesting to uh, to see the career path and, and as your blog changes too. Like I was primarily just focused on VDI, I still am to some degree, but now I'm whittling my way into Hadoop and and other things that kind of interest me or or you know what what's the next thing going to be? I guess is whatever you know expiring IT person wants to do, I would think. Yeah, and that's what's cool. You know, I I know you did some work uh, with you know sort of like some DevOps, you know, thinking and and you know dabbling in in big data stuff. How much of that can you fit into your current day while sort of doing your regular day to day? And how to how do you introduce new things into your IT arsenal, like stuff that you want to say, this is where I need to be. It's that Wayne Gretzky thing, right? It wasn't that he was where the puck was. It's that he was where it was going to be. And that's that's the way I try and, and position myself. And, and you see other folks that we know in the community. I like that. How do you how do you start down the road with something? What 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 made you think, you know, kind of big data is going to be a big thing? Uh, you know, DevOps focus is going to be strong. You know, we you know, talk about those things. I think from from the at least from the Hadoop side of the fence, I think it's kind of at a, a tipping skill where you know you could probably relate it to the year of VDI. It should be the year of Hadoop coming up, I think, for for the most part. It and you know, as far as like, you know, picking picking something and kind of going for it, um, try to you know, my advice would be try to get it into your career focus like or work your work day so there's some of it but there ideally it's going to need uh, you're gonna have to do some of it on your own time like my I guess one example that happened this week was that I guess to do run a big bench um, which is a, a benchmark from Intel for Hadoop yeah I've never run it before I think I, I got an hour of help from a, a colleague I ran into some Java issue and I but I know like there's that I'm going to have to do off hours because it's just there's like a learning curve there that I'm going to need to absorb <laughs> so before I waste too much of the, the company time doing it. Until so like I don't know, I think it's important to to like have something to focus on or like some people can just go off and learn something without like an end goal or a result. But I find it super hard to do. Like like for me, I'm lucky. Like I can use an RA as a kind of, I'm going to write an RA on this and if it helps my company, that's one way to do it. But just to go off for the sake of doing something is hard, I find. 
Like, yeah, you kind of need a use case, and and uh, that's what I I've always found. It's yeah, just saying like I'm gonna I'm gonna dive into you know Docker. It was the first thing I'm like, all right, I gotta gotta learn Docker. It was literally like 0.1 version, brand new. I'm like, I'm gonna try it out. I'm like, great, got it installed, <laughs> and and I hit this. Now what? And and you've realized like, okay, I haven't really learned anything. I've gone through some of the motions, but truly learning it needs you to build a, you know, kind of a use case or a scenario that's going to help you to create a goal. And, yeah, and do you find that it's, you're able to do that yourself or same thing? Do you like look elsewhere? Do you reach out to folks to, to get guidance on that type of stuff? Yeah, I think that's part of the, the community. You can see other people doing it and, you know, figuring out the why and then kind of going, going in that direction because I was the same way with with docker I was like I did the the Nigel uh, Nigel's course through plural site and I was like okay I I did it <laughs> like I didn't you know um, and I probably I haven't really touched it since to be honest and then kind of forgot most of it but I'm looking actually to to go back that but now I now I kind of have a use case in that you know how do infrastructure people you know how are they going to adapt to what Docker is going to bring and support it, and so I'm trying to get onto the their uh, control plane beta, and I think that's that's kind of my edge to to learn that or or understand it better, at least from that perspective. Yeah, I think when it's going to be something that's a little bit more closer to real, yeah, you know, there's if you think of that adoption curve. You know, being the pioneer versus, you know, pioneer and early adopter are two different stages. And a lot of people get that confused. Pioneer is like there's no there's no day one insight yet. You're just trying to get to the start line. Early adopter is, you know, first one to the start line. It's it's a very different scenario. Do you and yeah, how do you find yourself in that do you have, have you tried to be like super early on stuff or is it just not been an interest to to be you know the bleeding edge type of uh, technologist it probably comes in waves as i call it bleeding edge and it depends how many times you've been cut <laughs> um but 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 generally speaking yeah because i you know it's new i think if you you can kind of get in your mind that it's gonna have some legs like that's the way that I was with VDI, and that was like 2008. Um, and like you know, we're still we're still talking about it. And uh, yeah, um, that's a big. You definitely, you really did. You were ahead. Like I, I, it's you know, we always joke. It's the year of VDI. It's continuously the the and continuously not the year of VDI. Like we we keep waiting for it to happen. But you've you've been at that for for a long time, and. And I think folks are still, you know, just getting to the start line with it, right? Yeah. My only, when people say that, the only thing I, well, lately I've been telling you is like, yeah, but the, the biggest, the biggest, or the top 10 deals from VMware last year were all EUC related. Right. Um, that might, <laughs> that's probably because all the hypervisor pieces have already been sold and there's not really a lot left to, to go after other than <laughs> renewals. Yeah, they've got to keep up the stack, right? And and yeah, and I think everybody in the industry is starting to to see that. Even the traditional sysadmin has to move a little bit further up the stack. Maybe not, you know, all the way up to PaaS layer stuff, or you know, but at least to have an understanding. 
you know, when when you look at where you are, like what percentage of your day is spent thinking about hypervisors or, or you know, further up the stack? Do you, do you find you're, you're diving more into networking and and the other, you know, pieces that are going to sit on top and the hypervisor is less of something that you you have to worry about anymore? Yeah, I would totally agree with that. I think even if, you know, people ask themselves, you know, a couple of years ago, VCP was probably really important, but now, you you know, there's however many, 80,000 or more of them. It's not really going to to do you anything career-wise, I would say. It's still important that you you know that stuff, but not, it's not, I don't know, it's almost like it's expected. <laughs> it's less but, differentiator than it used to be, right? Yeah. Um, so for... Yeah, I would definitely say it's more on the application side, um, and then going into other areas like I mean, networking, networking, security. Those are you know two big ones that seem to be coming up a lot more. And maybe it's just the maturity within the the industry too that that you know there has to be a better way. You know, like you, you know, if right. we're really if we're really going to become a telco like service then we need to, you know, have our, our ducks in a row. And really, the reality is when, at least when I got started in IT, it's like the wild, wild west, you know. It's like, oh, anybody can do that. You know, you just fix computers. And people still think I just fix computers when, you know, my wife gets asked what I what I do. Oh, can you fix my laptop? I'm like, uh. That's right. <laughs> yeah, you, you yeah. find yourself getting asked those traditional questions because, and even, you know, I got asked one time, like, oh, you work for one of those starting up companies? I'm like, sure. <laughs> we'll call it. <laughs> so, you know, moving to the apps, moving, you know, networking is a big thing. Security. That's awesome that you, you brought that up. You know, security is something that you, we've treated it as an afterthought in a lot of ways. And it was always assumed that someone else was taking care of it, or we didn't even think that it was it was critical. But it's huge now, right? Like how what what's your thought on on technologists and and how they should view IT security and 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 what they should do to kind of you know think a little bit more about it. Security is something only the auditors care about. <laughs> <laughs> Somewhere out there, Edward only... is shaking his fist at, at <laughs> this going, no. <laughs> no, but seriously, I think like both both security and VR are both of the same camp. Like you're not going to do anything until you get burned by it. And that's, that's the mindset I think all IT pros need to kind of shape beforehand. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because, like, I don't know, it's you definitely need to think about it before, or it needs to be part of a of a design or built from the ground up. Like, adding it on after the fact just cause you know causes endless reams of problems. Like, I just I always think of how many Linux machines run without SE Linux, and I know why because it's a pain in the butt. So you just, you shut it off. Yeah, that's um, right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and it's like if you were to go to start a project and like slowly build up whatever you know your whatever your plan is for security as far as you know defense and depth, and then you'd have a a lot easier time and probably wouldn't be as painful. Um, but I think it's it's a fairly just like there's multiple areas within the the, the data center. There's multiple areas for security, so I don't uh, I don't think you could 
well, I guess there's people that call themselves security experts, but I think it, I think it would probably require some specialization to, you know, whatever you're doing. I would say just make it a part of whatever area you work in. Yeah, and and part of it is assume, you know, I, I, Edward Hiletke, uh, you know, uh, he's at TechSciWill on uh, on uh, Twitter. Uh, Edward's a great uh, writer over at the virtualization practice. Uh, dot com and 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 he always talks about you know assume you've been you've been broken into like assume the vulnerabilities already been exposed now what right like so it's there's both you know being able to continuously discover things and then of course yeah security should be by design security should be based you know how many times I can rem- I can remember you know deploying servers into the data center and having it be you get it to there, and then the firewall people come up to you at the end. They say, "Okay, well, what what do you need opened up?" And you know, most people, the avalanche is like, "Well, just give me everything." And and there was scary times and be like, "Okay, well, we'll do that." And then we're going to dial it back. And then it became, "Okay, well, we'll just give you you know one protocol. We'll give you HTTPS." Uh, and then they would find out at that point, "Oh wow, we we totally didn't code this right." you know, cross-site scripting, no <laughs> non-secure content that's going over the same channel. So it causes browser certificate errors. And that would all be discovered as it goes live, you know, or in the QA right before it goes live. And that's that's scary. You know, that stuff should be out of the box. And SE Linux, you know, that's a, that's a big one. I think people need to look in. If you're, if you're running Linux, you know, SE Linux should be part of the toolkit, period. You know, even something... Publicly facing stuff, you know, fail to ban uh, putting it on your your systems because it's it's going to happen. You know, you're going to get hit if you're not looking at your security logs. Don't worry, somebody's probably going in and cleaning up up after themselves. <laughs> they've they've probably <laughs> not only gotten in, but they're they're tidying up right behind their own footsteps. <laughs> we we have uh, there's a security team within Nutanix. Um, like, you know, they're always running, uh, they have their own vulnerability scanners that are, you know, kind of the agile de- development. But Simon, the one guy, he's always preaching about having a central log location. Like, it's like, every, I don't know, anytime I hear him in a conversation, I think it gets brought up at least once. Yeah. Yeah, it's, um, it's neat to see how you've got, you know, Again, you know, there's some really cool stuff that your team's done around security automation. And that's that's probably as much, you know, as people are starting to look and, and build security as part of their design, it should be along with automation, right? You know, you automate your deployments where you're getting closer to automating day-to-day process management. You know, we should be automating security as well. How do you have you done with automation and and what's kind of if you had to pick your toolkit? I know you you you're using SaltStack under the covers for a lot of stuff, which is cool. What's the what's the way that you think that people should look at automation and and start to really build towards it? Man, as far as the tooling goes, it probably varies by uh, practitioner. I think there was even a graph that kind of showed if you were to you know if you were a uh, infrastructure guy, you're picking Puppet. If you're a developer, you're picking Chef. But Ansible and SaltStack or Salt seem like the the new cool ones. I'm sure it'll change again. But I don't think you can really pick something totally wrong. You just need to to get going at it. It's probably the I guess the general advice. I think 
the we track over 1,700 different uh, pieces of code that would need to get changed to like if you were to um, get DOD level of defense or you know PCI compliant on the storage and hypervisor side. There's just no great way to do that. You know, we can do take out your spreadsheet and make all the changes, and then after one month of work, there'll be an upgrade and it gets wiped out again. That's not really. <laughs> that's not. <laughs> well, that's one way to have a job, but I don't think that's. You know, you'd never want to be there. Yeah, so if your if your hardening guide is can be printed out and that's how you you go through it, like if you have to take steps to go through it, it should literally be a switch. Uh, and and any security folks would tell you it should be on, <laughs> and you should have to fight really hard to to turn any of it off. But uh, yeah, you not you don't necessarily have to be PCI compliant in a mom and pop shop, you know, if you're running three hosts, you probably don't need to be so concerned about PCI compliance and that level or DOD level. But yeah, it's, there's just too much like our scale of human, you know, humans working on it. Just, we just can't keep up anymore. It's, it's pretty frightening. Even in small environments, there's so many moving parts now. I think that's, that's kind of a big key. So what's your, so what's your what's your thing that's you know we're we're the start of 2016. What what does Dwayne's next three months look like? What are the cool new things that that you're working on and you think other people should take a look at? What are the next? Well, <laughs> I you know it's all probably mostly Nutanix related. So but so it's kind of probably the sad trombone from other people that work in other places, but. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm kind of, I'm actually looking forward. It's been a while since there was a VMware View release, so that's, I'm actually kind of looking forward to that. I think that's that's coming up, and so I'll, I'll, I'll be working on some integration with our uh, our file services, getting that kind of uh, pegged away. Uh, you know, continuing, I'm hoping that I actually get to go to Hadoop World, that's in San Jose, so kind of continuing along that track as you know, things become easier and um, to work with. Those are the two things that come out of my mind right now. Nice. Um, yeah. I love uh, hearing that you could, folks are stepping into new conferences. You know, it used to just be like, all right, I'll see you next year at VMworld. And now, you know, you go to, you go to Hadoop World and you're going to bump into all the people, you know, a lot of people we know, right? It's, it's cool that we've all sort of spread ourselves into these different areas and, and maybe gone outside the comfort zone a little because we have to in order to stay on top of, of where the market's going and, and stuff. That's, that's, I, I just love it. I love hearing people suggest, you know, not just like, Oh, I'm going to go to, you know, Citrix synergy and I'm going to go to, you know, maybe tech ed or whatever they're calling it. It's ignite now. And yeah, it's nice to see that Sorry. going outside of the, the, the boundaries a little bit. Are you doing still stuff with a bunch of OpenStack? Yeah, that's the that's a, been a big focus for a long time, and you know I'm continuously, you know, trying to dive further in, and and uh, there's so much changing. It's in all the greatest ways. So yeah, you know, we're gonna be I'm gonna be at the OpenStack Summit again uh, this year. It's in Austin, which is cool because it'll be toasty warm and there's good barbecue to be had. Uh, and yeah, we're doing some OpenStack meetups and and some other stuff. So I'm looking to to sort of stay tightly involved as much as I can with that, that ecosystem. That would probably be my number three, but I haven't really 
haven't really got there, but there's some internal stuff that might lead me, I guess, down there to, I want to, I just like, I don't know, how do you, there's so much stuff going on. How do you pick and choose? <laughs> yeah, there's, I always say there's no, no excuse to say there's nothing, you know, there's nothing new to learn or there's not enough resources uh, in order to find out information. You, know, you you've talked about Nigel Poulton's course on on Docker uh, on Pluralsight. Pluralsight's huge. I I love obviously as a contributor to stuff there. I've got my intro to OpenStack course, and which is you know far overdue for a refresh because some of the some of the concepts touch a bit on you know specifics of that of the release at the time. But you know what's your if if Dwayne's going to learn something new, what's the what's the first couple of places you go to to look? Actually, that that's a good one because it's right now it's free for me, so that's that's a good place to. What I do like to do is like, especially with traveling, is being able to download something that I can kind of. I I know now that I'm not going to be able to actually do work work on a plane, or because my I'm fat and my elbows are sticking out, and I'm going to knock somebody over. So that's a good way just to make good use of time. Yeah. Um. um Udacity has a lot of stuff I want to, but I just haven't had time. Like, you would need dedicated time because there's a cost associated with it. And but they have some really interesting stuff that I would, you know, on on data science that look really interesting. But I just I don't know how I'd kind of swing it into my my daily life. Um, but man, Google <laughs> that's that's the easiest one. Yeah, that's it. You know, it all starts with uh, with the first Google search, and and then we we may find ourselves always rolling back to some of those key resources. But uh, that's cool, awesome. Well, that's uh, we're kind of getting up to the the finish line here, Dwayne. I want to say thanks again for for coming on. It's it's great. Like I said, it's been fun to watch. You know, your evolution. You know, in in the organization and in the community and. And hopefully we'll get a chance to to meet up in person again soon, or you know, one way or another we'll find a way to bump into each other this year. And so for folks that wanna wanna find you and and meet you, what's the best way to to either find you online or or any events that you may be coming up to in the next little while? Uh, online probably D Link Seven. Um, don't really have anything totally planned conference wise, other than maybe San Jose. So. Um, yeah, I think I fly by the seat of my pants when it comes to the travel side, but itbloodpressure.com and always willing to to help answer questions. So fire away. Nice. Awesome. Well, thanks very much, Dwayne. And for those folks that are listening, of course, uh, you can uh, you know, find uh, all the content that we've got here. If you go to gcondemand.io, it'll take you to the show page in the Green Circle community. It'll give you a list of the episodes that are there. Uh, if you haven't already subscribed in iTunes, uh, we'd love if you would. Uh, this way you can get all the cool news and 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 catch up with us on the fly as uh, as we publish. Uh, we've got a lot of really cool episodes that are pending, you know, and some we've already had great guests on. Uh, lots more coming. Uh, of course, if you want to, to interact with us, you can communicate through the Green Circle directly. Go to greencircle.vmturbo.com. You can find me on there. I'm Disco Posse. I'm at Disco Posse on Twitter. And with that, uh, we will call it a day and we'll see you soon in uh, episode number four. You're listening to the Disco Posse Podcast.